Amazon is now hiring near you. We're looking for team members who know that delivering important packages is important work. Ready to work hard to make someone's every day? Ready for benefits and flexible shifts? Immediate hourly roles are available at Amazon.com slash apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Are you ready? Let's make some noise. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Broad Street Line. We are running three wide today. We'll get to our third guest in a second, but I'm Roy Burton. But alongside me, as always, my tag team partner, the man who saw Harlan Hill and Chester today, <laughs> was about to give him a fade on sight, but he thought better of it. One Chris Domingo. Mr. Domingo, how are you doing this fine air quote as we always do on these recorded episodes Saturday morning, sir? Oh, man, I thought I'd be uh, feeling a little more rejoiced and relieved on a Saturday, but mm. uh, but hashtag democracy. So, yes. I mean, like, yes. I, I mean, it, it, it's one of those things, man. Like, I, I, I mean, I mean, Rome wasn't built in a day and obviously the selection won't be determined until whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, ho- hopefully by the time people hear this episode. Hopefully everything's in the books and we finally have some resolution. But we have a, what we do have. We can guarantee you. We will guarantee you 60 minutes of entertaining content. The WWE broke up their best trio. We got our best trio together <laughs> for this show because joining us is one of our favorite guests. You know, he's been on the show before. You know him. He's an author. He's out in the streets. Our good friend, Chris Stevens. Mr. Stevens, how's it going tonight, my friend? Domingo, glad to be here with you guys as always. As I said before, I feel like the guest preacher ready to give a speech, so let's get right. (laughs) So, so we have you on for a multitude of reasons. Obviously, we'll talk about the thing we the stuff we really want to talk about later because we don't want to alienate everybody with the wrestling talk. But we're gonna talk about that, so y'all got y'all deal with that. But (laughs) we have you on because sometimes we kind of get caught in the information bubble. Sometimes we kind of get caught. We can't see the forest through the trees. Sometimes, you know, we, we see things that we have confirmation bias and we can't get things through our minds. Whereas you, on some levels, you are an outsider. So you could give us a different perspective we don't have. And we need a perspective about our Philadelphia Eagles. Because quite frankly, we don't know what to make of this team. Yes, they're in first place, but it's a terrible first place. I think Carson Wentz is a good quarterback, but I'm not sure. All first is, places matter. <laughs> is it is. Well, let let me ask you about Carson Wentz. Let's just start with this whole Carson Wentz thing. Carson Wentz, because, again, as an outsider, you are not an Eagles fan, even though we want you to be one. (laughs) Carson Wentz, is he a good quarterback? Is he a not good quarterback? Is he a a decent quarterback in a bad situation? What what is your view on Carson Wentz? Good quarterback and play calling. That's how I feel about it. I feel like, and, again, this is coming from a guy who, you know, We'll talk, we'll talk more about a quarterback that I'm more familiar with a little later on in the program, but I feel like Doug Peterson is either I don't think I don't want to say he's sabotaging Carson, but I definitely feel like the stuff he rolled out during the Nick Foles, you know, Super Bowl run isn't getting as much play now as it did back when Foles was, you know, sub and oh. went. And I feel like this is still a guy that you can win at least one, maybe two Super Bowls with. If wow. You put, if, wow. You put the, if you put the right guys around him, yes. Um, you guys really struck gold with uh, Mr. Folgem, and uh, Jalen Rager looks like he's going to pan out, you know, even though Deshaun Jackson, you know, will probably hurt himself crip walking onto the field. <laughs> so you've got, you've got a couple of receivers. you got you know, you got guys playing. you got Dallas Goddard, who's probably going to end up taking the bag from Mr. Ertz. Um it's there. I mean, you, I mean, obviously the offensive line has to be healthy. You know, Jason Peters, y'all probably just need to go ahead and just, you know, lock him out of the facility at some point. Just lock him out of the facility because there's nothing more he can add to this team. I like what I see from Wentz. You know, big, strong kid before the knee injury. I think that's probably what is confusing a lot of people because before the knee injuries, he was out of the pocket. He was ducking and dodging. I think he's still trying to figure out if that knee is fully healed and is strong enough to do the things that he was doing 
in his MVP year 2017 before he got hurt out in the Coliseum. So I still think he's a really good quarterback. It's just a matter of, you know, putting the right guys around him, putting the offensive line around him, and Doug Peterson kind of taking chains off of him a little bit. And, and see that, and that's the thing. And Chris, I'll let you talk in, in a second. But I think that's the thing because again, we see we've seen him do do great things. And like you said, the pieces are there around him. Like said, Dallas, we, 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 I, no, 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 like. Like I like like I I I mean maybe I'm like too in my Law and Order bag recently, but isn't there like a statute of limitations on 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 talking about that 2017 season? Because really, that's the last time I can say Carson Wentz has been great. I I, I mean last year he was he was good. I I, I mean I know like I mean. Okay, that that throw to Miles Sanders was like I don't know, like I don't know, wonderful. Like when is like, but when is the last time that he consistently gave you franchise QB caliber plays consistently? And I have not seen that in 2018. I I, I didn't see that regularly in 2019. People are gonna point to like I, I don't know, um, like the supporting cast, like I, and there are there there is merit to that argument that he's had crap supporting cast. But I always say what is, what is given to a franchise quarterback is asked. Like a lot is asked. And I, and I, and I read this article is when do we start tempering, like no changing the ceiling on Carson Wentz? When do we stop saying, Oh, 2017 Carson Wentz is, is a, is a reasonable ceiling for him to hit. Well, or I'll answer that question in a second, but we don't have to go to 2017. We can go to December. We can go to la- the end of last year. One month. One month. Went- okay, look, look, they went 4-0. He had seven touchdowns. He had zero interceptions, and they won the division. All right? Like, I, look, he had two 300-yard games in those, la- in those last four. All I'm saying is that we don't have to go back into the annals of history to find Carson Wentz being a very good quarterback. No, he, was no. throw- he was throwing a Rob Davis. And I don't even know who the other dudes were because, like, everybody was hurt. So he was thrown to a bunch of garbage, Greg, Greg Ward. So it's like, you don't have to go to 20. We always, I always go to 2017. You don't have to go to 2017. You can go back to, what is that, 9, 10, 11 games ago in Carson Wentz's career. It's not too far to go back to, to find him evidence of him being a, a very good quarterback. Yeah, no, but for me, I I just, I, I don't know whether this, like, because I I feel that there needs to be a and 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 he did it last year. He made water in the wine. I, I get it, but can he is can he make water in the wine again, like again in his career? Because that for me is a that that is a job requirement of a franchise quarterback. Is when things are tough, the team relies on you to carry them, and Carson ain't carrying anything. All right, well, CJ, let me ask you a question because I, I think me and my co-host disagree on this one. So let me ask you, how many water-to-wine quarterbacks are there in the NFL? Because I don't think there's a lot, and I don't think Carson Wentz is one, and I'm not sure he'll ever be one. Um, he had a nice little run, but there's very few guys who can be that water-in-the-wine guy in this league. Am I wrong on that or no? I think I think that's absolutely correct. Um, the one that really comes to mind, and there's only one to me, and that's Aaron Rodgers. Everyone else in the league, I mean, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, all past their prime. Mm-hmm. Guys like Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow haven't reached their prime yet. You know, Egrane and Lamar won an MVP, but, you know, he's starting to fall. He's starting to, you know, get the side eye from Baltimore fans. So Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers to me is that dude. You know, as, as to quote Anthony Davis, he's that guy. You know, you can, you can give him, you know, a running back wearing number 88 or a wide receiver that, you know, was picked up off the scrap heap and he'll still give you 354 scores and a central division title and a good shot at an NFC title game. Aaron Rodgers, for all of his, you know, idiosyncrasies and, you know, the way he rubs people the wrong way personality-wise, he mm-hmm. is that guy. He is that water and the wine guy. Other than that, I can't think of too many other guys in the league like that. Yeah, Maybe You know more. what, CJ? You just you just gave a compelling argument on why I am dead ass wrong. I I, I mean like I but 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 right now our quarterback can't even pour a glass of water. So I I mean like like never never mind asking him to make it in the wine. He he can't even go to the liquor store without dropping a glass of wine. 
So I or, or or a bottle of wine. So no, I think now let's do current events. When is the last time that you have seen and and like people are like people want to quick to say oh he's better than Jared Goff da, 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 da. like I I mean like Jared I, I I've always said and they'll be compared to each other for probably the rest of their career. Jared Goff is a quarterback that needs not everything to be working well, but a lot of things to be working well to thrive. He needs a solid running game, a solid offensive line. He needs good play calling. Da, da, da. How much different is Carson Wentz than Jared Goff at this point? Like, but so what you're saying is you're paying someone $30 million to only operate well when thing everything is optimal. That 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 for me seems like a big old waste of money. It is to an extent, but again, there are only a handful of Aaron Rodgers in this league ever. At, at some point, Brady was that before. Granted, he's, you know, it seems to be coming back to him now. But early in the season, he was not looking very good. Drew Brees, you know, without Michael Thomas right now, he's really just, you know, etouffee and crawfish, um, Nathan Peterman. So <laughs> it's, it's, literally, it's literally a league that when you do have that guy, you put up with all of his warts. And that's what Green Bay has done with Aaron Rodgers for the last 12 or 13 years. I don't see any warts with Carson Wentz, he, even though, you know, the whole thing with, you know, how Sean Jeffrey potentially being the mole or whatever that situation was, whatever. Mm-hmm. It just feels like, you know, Wentz is a likable guy that just, you know, has had a terrible string of luck, either with injuries, with with himself or with the guys around him. It's 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 hard to win in this league. You guys mm-hmm. know that. You guys have been Eagles fans your entire lives. 2017. Unfortunately. <laughs> 2017 was really like the the nadir for you guys. You know, you win, you finally, you guys can you know channel the old Red Sox axiom. Now you can die in peace because the Eagles right. won the Super Bowl. It's hard. I mean, you have to have everything working for you, like you know, like Belichick. Either you know, Spygate, flat footballs or not, you still got to win the games. So. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard, you know, to have a you know a guy who is that guy, and you and have a team that is has everything in concert. So it's hard, but I'm 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 still a Wentz believer. Maybe because I'm kind of disenchanted with the quarterback play of my favorite football team, <laughs> and I would take Carson Wentz in a heartbeat. But I understand why. Oh, he- I would absolutely take him over a guy like Baker. Like I, I mean, like I'm not, but uh, but but three years ago, people like this guy was uh was rated the fourth best player in the NFL, not the fourth best quarterback. I mean, it's by players. So what the hell do they know? They like, they made like, I don't know, Jim Kelly, like the 10th best player last year. So I, I, I mean, but I, I mean, this guy had, I mean, to his doing and his performance created this massive ceiling. And I don't know what the ceiling is anymore. And I don't know what, what you need to do to make this guy a very good to great quarterback. Well, let's yeah, I don't we're not going we're not going to solve this right now. But let's let's put a bow in this conversation. This is a double-sided question. I hate asking questions that have two answers, but it's a double-sided question. What is if you had to rank the quarterbacks in the NFL, where's Carson Wentz number-wise? Just give me a number where he ranks on a scale and give me a comparison all time of what Carson Wentz's ceiling is right now that in your opinion. CJ, I'll start with you. Where does Carson Wentz rank among all the current quarterbacks? You got to give me a name. Say Carson Wentz's ceiling is X. What do you think it is? Okay, so starting off, I think he's probably at least top 15. After that, you know, it's probably, you know, a couple after ahead of him. But all time, I see a lot of early Phil Rivers, you know. Okay. You know, well, that's not, not, I like that. Not washed Phil Rivers, but early Phil Rivers, you know, when he had LaDainia, when he had Antonio Gates and those guys. And, you know, that might that might be all the Eagles are under once at this point is just Chargers East. You know, that because that as good as those Chargers team were, they just could never solve the Peyton Brady riddle. And Ooh, I like that. I and like that. the Eagles don't have a Peyton Brady riddle in their way at this point. The only thing right now is stopping them is injuries and Doug Peterson, you know, going to the air fryer when he really needs to put stuff in the oven. That's really what it boils down to for me. Chris, what do you what do you got? The guy's completing the same percentage amount of passes as Sam Darnold. 
I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> give me a number. Give me a number. Give me a number. Like, break, all these, break these like, quarterbacks in the league right in now. Give me era, a number. In an era where guys are easily completing 65% of their passes, he's completing 56. A- a- accuracy has always been an issue with him. The fumbles have always been an issue with him. Now it's the turnover. So with, with, without belaboring the point, I'll say he's late teens. Okay. With with for me, I don't like. I'll say his ceiling is top ten quarterback. It's not franchise anymore. Like okay, like you like you, you like because one, it's unexplainable on because I have never seen a quarterback or I don't know, I, I hate saying that. I'll go back and do some research. I can't remember another quarterback who has regressed in almost every aspect of quarterbacking in year five. This isn't like, I don't know, like like a, a, like a guy having a, a bang up first or second year and then falling off the third year. Like, I, I mean, like he's been relatively consistent for four years. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden he has more interceptions. He's going to have more interceptions this year than he did in like three seasons. Right. And, yeah, I, yeah. and, and like – and no one can no one can explain it. And, and except for him, it's like, oh, I gotta do better. Yeah, no bleep. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, well, look, we're all frustrated. I understand. Again, there's no there's no easy answer. Cause last year, you know, the stuff that happened in October, November last year, we could explain it away on injuries and things like that. We can't really explain this away. We can kind of explain it away because of the injuries around him, like you said, CJ. But I mean, I don't think that's really the answer. Um, to me, before the season, I probably had him in like eight, nine, eight, nine range. He's probably more 13, 14 for me. Um, but I like that Philip Rivers comparison. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't hate that. Like, I, I think that's a pretty good comparison. And again, we've seen a lot worse quarterbacks than Philip Rivers level quarterbacks win Super Bowl. So, I mean, I'm not, it's not, and obviously, I think you can win a, you can win a Super Bowl with, right. with, with semi peak Philip Rivers. To be honest, I don't know. I, I don't know if he'll ever be that good ever again. Like, I, I mean, maybe if he gets a, at like an elite level, because I mean, I'll say it. I don't think Miles Sanders will ever be an elite level running back. I mean, and so what you're saying is he needs a, at least one elite All Pro player to to tag along with. I don't know if he needs well to be. When you say tag, you mean to be an elite quarterback? Yes. No, no, to maximize his potential. Probably. He probably, okay. yeah, he probably, he probably does. He probably does. Um, but there's another player that, that we're going to talk about who needs probably more than one elite guy because he's had an elite talent with him. And hasn't thrown him the ball that much. And that's one Baker Mayfield uh, out in Cleveland. Um, of course, CJ, who's with us, is a Cleveland Browns fan. Um, even though he doesn't want to talk about it, the Cleveland Browns have a better record than the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, but that said, I don't know if I'd rather be a Browns fan right now um, because it's a little, it's a little messy out there in Cleveland. <laughs> If you guys are interested in following me on Twitter, CJ writes and things, you'll see me tweet the hashtag at some point out during the weekend. So, you know, I don't have to say it. You'll find it. (laughs) (laughs) We got to ask you about your damn Browns. And we got to ask you about Baker Mayfield. (laughs) What is the deal with this dude? Like, the one game, the the game, the other game where OBJ got hurt, he was throwing the ball all, all over the lot. Now, granted, I know last week there was like crazy wind and all this other stuff, and it was crazy. They had six possessions. The Browns had the ball six times. They scored six points. They had the ball six times. Like, wh- like, what is up with the Browns, man? It for you know for thirty three years that I followed this team. Obviously, you take away the four of them that they weren't in the league. It was there's nothing explainable about this team anymore than it is the Bermuda Triangle. For me, I feel like um, the Mayfield stuff you know, just went off the deep end when, you know, he's, this is what his third coach in three years, you know, with Fansky, the, um, the cat from last year, whose name I already forgot, which is bad. Heat in the kitchen. Good. Shout out to Freddie kitchens. So there was Hugh Jackson. There was Freddie kitchens there. Now there's Kevin Stefanski, three coaches in three years. Mm-hmm. You might, able to get away with that in the NBA. You could possibly get away with it in Major League Baseball. You almost get away with it all the time in the NHL because the NHL changes clothes like people change their underwear. Um, but Mayfield has – Baker just hasn't had a consistent, you know, program to follow. And, I mean, granted, you know, with elite-level talent to wide receiver like, you know, OBJ before the ACL tear, Jarvis Landry, David Njoku is a top 10, 15 tight end. 
the Browns should be better, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if Mayfield, if, if Baker has really kind of, you know, I keep, you know, saying Mayfield because I've been watching Curtis Mayfield videos all day, forgive me, that it's just literally just confusing to think that this team that is five and three, playoff bound for the moment, just does not look like a playoff team because the quarterback just doesn't have it together. And granted, the game he went off on was it was the Bengals. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bengals are probably going to be in the top five again in the draft this year. So it wasn't like he went out there against the Ravens or the Steelers and put up 22 of 23. It was the Bengals. So, but the the, un, the unsung part about the Browns' struggles, and I'm not excusing Baker because he absolutely needs to play better, the defense has fallen off a cliff. Defense was about top five last year. It's about bottom 20, bottom, bottom, bottom five, bottom 10 this year. Yeah, for me, like, I don't know. Oh, oh, oh sorry, Chris. Like, there is a lot of – there is above average talent on that on that Browns defense. Like they should be playing complimentary football. Like the defense should be one. I think they have like a potentially like a, a top five pass rusher in, in miles Garrett. They have a bunch of high picks on that team. They got Ward. they got a bunch of dudes, but I like that. Like I always say, what should be the best unit on, on a particular team. And for the Browns, it 100% should be the defense. Yeah. But there, I'm not sure if if that's the case. I, I I mean, like I and 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 for one, they should like they sh- that defense should be a lot better than they are. Like like they sh- their calling card should be all right. Let's let's play good defense. Let's cause some turnovers. Let's give the let's give the offense a short field. But I don't think that's the case. Chris, correct me if I'm wrong. No, you're right. And it's it's so simple. That I mean, it's disappointing. I mean, because obviously nowadays, you know, you can't follow the 2000 Ravens format to the letter anymore. There are just too many skilled players. There's, you know, you know, rules that protect the quarterbacks and wide receivers a lot more back in those days. But the 2000 Ravens had it right. You got to shut down defense and you have a quarterback who can just manage you down the field. You should be a Super Bowl contender. And And that's what the Browns should be. This defense should be knocking guys' heads off, you know, takeaways, pick sixes, scoop, scoops and scores, and they're not doing it. Like, mm-hmm. like the Raiders, they don't have Marcus Allen and Bo Jackson in the backfield these days. Yet they could not stop a third and short or third and medium to save their lives last Sunday. And you're not going to win games, and you're definitely not going to make the playoffs to make any noise in the playoffs if your defense can't get off the field. And that's what the Browns couldn't do last Sunday against the Raiders. <laughs> John Gruden, God bless him for coming back. I mean, it ain't like it's early John Gruden when he was an offensive whiz. I mean, this Raiders team is very lucky to be four and three. The problem is now the Browns are going to have to wonder if, if, they, if they go on this run, you know, the, the rest of the schedule outside of having Pittsburgh and Baltimore at home is quite favorable. If they do go on this playoff run without OBJ, are you going to trade him? No. If so, for what? Yeah, see, 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 Beckham is just, I mean, he's just beyond confusing. Just like, I, I mean, just his overall being on the field affects, like, affects a game plan. I, I mean, there's, there's, you, that's, I, that for me is undisputed. Sorry to use the wrestling term. But I mean, like, but I, I mean, but you also have to factor in the diva, like the diva element. If the dude's not getting the rock, he's going to want, like, like that's the fine line with these. I mean, you saw it already with Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown isn't even that good. And he's like tweeting, oh, like, I don't know. I don't know if y'all need me. I'm like, you're Hollywood Brown. You should not be tweeting. I, I, I mean, but for a guy like Beckham, like, like, like people want to just understate that that's a real thing. And it's like, I mean, and I, I mean, you've seen it with through history, like guys like T.O. Like, I, I mean, you have to wonder whether like, like, it, is it possible to win with like a demon receiver? Sure. But you also need to make sure that his productions on the field are just outweighing just the noise that like he'll create in the locker room or, or just on the sidelines. 
Well, see, the problem, I won't say problem, but the thing with the Browns is you got a, you have a lot of guys on an offense that you need to keep happy. Like, you need to keep him happy. You need to keep Jarvis Landry happy. And you got a couple of running backs that are pretty good that, that yeah. you want to keep them happy as well. And you got a couple of tight ends who are, who are I mean, well, at least David and Joker at the very least, who are, who are pretty good. So you got a lot of guys you need to keep happy on that team. But that being said, they're still five and three. Again, even without OBJ, they're still in a playoff hunt. As if the season ended right now, we're basically at the halfway point of this. Which is wild because, like, Chris, like, I, I, I mean, like, this is the dream. Like I mean, like halfway into the season, like you're like in, in that category on ESPN.com playoff hunt, the Browns are there. Like I, I mean, and and like for me, man, like like uh, uh, like obviously the Browns are a little underwhelming, but I, I mean, dude, like I, I like it. It really is hashtag blessed. Sometimes it, it like to think if you're a Browns fan to be like, yo. I don't know if we're going to be in the mix to win the division, but hell, like, I, I mean, we can't grab that last wild card. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility because the way it's looking right now is really quickly. Buffalo is likely going to Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills are going to win the AFC East. Chris Berman is probably on cloud nine right now. Steelers probably, I don't think they'll run the table, but they'll definitely win the central. I mean, the North, excuse me. Chiefs probably going to win the West. Mm-hmm. And the Colts are going to win the South. That's your four division winners. After that, maybe the Titans get, you know, one wild card. Maybe the Miami Dolphins get another. Baltimore is probably going to get the other one. So there are at least two wild and then, cards. And then you got the Ravens, too. Like, I, I mean, but but to be honest, like, I, I mean, like, people want to talk about, like, I don't know, teams like the Saints that are a little disappointing. To be honest, I think the Ravens are a little disappointing. I, I, I mean, like, I think everyone just expected them with Lamar having that unreal year, they're bringing back damn near everyone they had. They brought, they got Calais Campbell. Now they got Ngakwe. I mean, like they arguably are the most talented team in the NFL, but I like, I, I mean, like I, I, I know the score didn't show, but I think they got whooped by Pittsburgh. Whoop. Like for me, I think Pittsburgh, um, I, I, I would say the two best teams in the AFC and probably in, in the NFL are Casey and Pittsburgh. I, I mean, you can make an argument for either one of them being the best team. Like, I came away with that Ravens-Steelers usual just just hell in a cell match. Like, just thoroughly impressed with Pittsburgh. I, I mean, they have, like, but that's, like, but it shows the Steelers are the method. Like, you can win with old-ass Ben. Like, I, I, I mean, just, like, just playing, like, dishing the rock out when you have that elite defense. That that defense is is crazy good. Yeah, if if the season ended right now, Pittsburgh would be obviously since they're undefeated the number one seed in the AFC. The Browns, who we're talking about, who we've been talking about for a good you know five or ten minutes, they'd be online to head to Kansas City to get stomped out by Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs yeah. um, in in the in the wild card round. The Bills would face the Titans as a, I'm sorry, the Bills would face the Colts as of right now, and the Titans would face the Ravens, and it would, would be a pretty good matchup. Um, in the NFC, um, the Steelers, of course, are the, excuse me, the Seahawks the number one seed the eagles would host a playoff game against the saints the saints seem that if the eagles are healthy maybe the eagles sneak one out but who knows no 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 they're, they they could be the most overrated team in the NFL. They can't they can't stop the run. I, I mean, <laughs> Dalvin Cook just scored a touchdown again. <laughs> Dalvin Cook Dalvin Cook's a really good really good running back, man. He's really good. He might be the best in the league. Like he might be the best running back in the league. I don't I don't know. No, like I no, but I think this really is like CJ said the ultimate test to see if Aaron Rodgers can put on that like cloak. And like put on like 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 the altar boy outfit and see if he can make water in the wide one more time. Like this is it because like I'm not saying that like it's not possible, but like the like the Seahawks can be had. That their defense is not good. I, I mean I know they get I know they get a, a bunch of dudes back. They get Jamal Adams back. They get they traded for Dunlap. They get snacks. So maybe their their defense is better, but they can like honestly for me I think and and I know the Buccaneers are probably the best team in, in the NFC, but who the hell knows when 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 Mr. Big Chess gets in gets in the foray? Nobody knows what like like what he's bringing or not bringing to the table. 
Well, look, he's in Tom Brady's house. Hopefully, he will be on his, <laughs> he will be on his best behavior. Um, look, I, someone I, needs <laughs> to explain this, like this, like I don't know, Reggie Ham and Jack Kate's relationship that these two have, because it literally makes no damn sense. Yeah, I don't really get it. Reality show about it. <laughs> yeah, it would absolutely. It would definitely be better than what they gave a reality show to Terry Bradshaw for God's sake. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't understand this whole, this whole relationship. I mean, like Ocho was there in, in, in New England for like an hour and a half. I mean, did he bring Ocho into his house? No, nah, no. So, but uh, whatever. I don't, I just don't understand this. Uh, we're talking about the playoffs, but there might not actually be the playoffs the way we envisioned them because the NFL has already enacted, I guess, the um, the contingency plan just in case uh, COVID-19 kind of, uh, dis- you know, kind of disturbs the schedule more than it already has, um, given the fact that um, a bunch of players aren't going to play in, well, as we record this, tonight's Packers-San uh, Fran game. Um, the Eagles had a player tested earlier today, Marcus Epps. He tested positive for COVID-19. There are three, three teams as of right now whose facilities are closed because players and or personnel have tested positive for COVID-19. So the NFL has a contingency plan when it comes to all this. So let's put a bow in this NFL talk. And CJ, let me start with you. Does the NFL finish this season as currently constructed with everyone playing 16 games? No. I see at least one stoppage that goes, you know, the the required two weeks to let everybody, you know, clean, um, not clean up or, you know, sanitize and test and test and test. The way it's looking, we're probably – I'll probably say we get 12 or 13 games in and we'll probably have like a Valentine's Day weekend type Super Bowl or something even maybe even Oh god that's going to that's going to re- that's going to cause a lot of breakups CJ man like I don't know like you're going to ask dudes to be like yo I got to pick between Valentine's Day and the Super Bowl <laughs> Yeah no but I think no I I I think um I think well mercifully when this when this election count is over I think the NFL season will get shut down when the country gets shut down because I think that's going to happen soon. I, I, I mean, I, like, thankfully they'll be spared because you know all these people are going to be like, oh, you can't shut down the NFL, da 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 Like, trust me, the NFL has brought way too much happiness that I care to admit the last couple of months. But the seeing the COVID cases rise in the country and on teams, I think it's in, it's an inevitability that that by, by their doing – or by the government's doing, they'll get shut down for two. I'd say, I'd say two weeks. I, I'm gonna, I, I will go on the other side of both of you. And again, I'm not playing radio on this. I think the NFL just pushes through, and they get all 16 games in for every team. So, two. So you don't think the games. country's gonna get shut down? I don't. I, the country might get shut down, but the NFL ain't gonna wait, get shut wait, down. No, <laughs> but they're gonna, but they're gonna, like, I don't know. They're gonna say they're the equivalent of like. Of like food. <laughs> listen, 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 listen. Yeah. The, the England just went in lockdown. It was earlier this week, or I guess it was this week. You know what didn't stop the Premier League. All what? right, they're still playing. They're still playing soccer. <laughs> We're still my boys in Chelsea. They, they're still going out there every Saturday doing doing that thing. So oh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I promise you. I Wait, promise so you. The, so a country can mm-hmm. go into shutdown, but they gonna say, "Yo, yo, Carson Wentz, come on in, bro." You, you, if you were in London right now, you could not go to Gordon Ramsay's restaurant. Well, you can't go to the Chelsea game either, but you can watch it on TV. You go, you go watch Liverpool on TV. You can watch me you know on TV. I, I promise you be, that's what's gonna happen. I promise you. I will be, I'm not even sure, shocked or ha- like happily shocked. Like, no, like, I, I mean, but the history of the NFL says we going we gonna Brody our way mm-hmm. through this without a fullback. Like I, I mean, you, you know how Ricky Waters had Kevin Turner rest in peace. They're they're gonna say no, we don't even need a fullback. We're gonna like just jam this zombie like I don't know through here. <laughs> no, like I, I mean, like the more you think about it, the NFL like no, if, if it's gonna be interesting because I do feel like this country is gonna get shut down mm-hmm. at, at some point. But will the will the sports leagues get dispensation? I I, I mean like. But if if there's a, a an example already that that sports leagues, which is wild, are getting exceptions, then sure. I, I mean, hell, no one's around or no no one's in the streets. You can get you can get safe. No, you're 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 absolutely right. And again, like you know, whatever you're right. I think we're gonna we're probably headed to another shutdown. So everybody, if you're listening right now, get your toilet paper, get your antibacterial wipes. Get your gloves, get all that good stuff that you need to get now before everything gets crazy. Hey, all I know is I'm glad the iPhone is going on sale tomorrow. So, like, I don't know, but before the John gets shut down, I could get my phone. 
So you can so you can just like sit in your house with your phone and you're not going nowhere with the phone. You don't need to buy uh, the phone uh, now. Uh, no, but like now I could just like I don't know, do my unlimited 5G. You got 5G at your house? Look at that. No, man. Oh, oh, no, the, oh, oh no, no, on, on the phone. Because what I'm saying you, though, but do you have five are you in a 5G neighborhood right now in your house? No, but I have no, but I have an unlimited data plan, so I could turn the Wi-Fi off. But you're gonna no. be what I'm saying is you're gonna just be in your house for a month, right? You don't need the phone. Oh, oh, just oh, be so like I, the rest of us. Oh, so what you're saying is I need to check a map and see if there's 5G. Yeah, man. It ain't there's, everywhere. So maybe if I when I go outside to drink my coffee, I can use my 5G. <laughs> if they let you drink coffee. We we have we have to see what's allowed and what's not allowed when this when this all is locked down. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We got a lot more to talk about. Chris CJ is a Sixers fan, so we gotta yes, talk about no. the Sixers recently. No, I hate no, like I know we love talking wrestling, but I need I need because there have been way more important things to talk about this week. I need someone to talk me out of what I want to say about this current Sixers roster and what I think they should do. All right, so that, that's a tease. So so keep it locked here. <laughs> Philly Cam 106.5 FM, WPPM LP, Philadelphia. Welcome back to the Broadway Line alongside Chris Domingo and Chris Stevens. I'm Roy Burton. Segment number two of the show. We got to talk some basketball. Again, running the three-man weave as we discuss the Philadelphia 76ers, who are in a better position today than they were, let's say, three months ago. You know, uh, no Brett Brown. Elton Brand still the figurehead in the front office today. We're in a situation where the head coach is Doc Rivers, who has a championship ring on his resume, and Daryl Morey, who does not have a championship ring on his resume, but is the father of the whole Sam Hinkie analytic movement. So let me just ask you, CJ, let's start with you. I know you were not, you were, you were not, are not, still will not be the biggest, biggest Brett Brown fan in the world. So I assume you were, you were happy at the news that Doc Rivers is the newest Sixers head coach. I'm fine with it because it was, it was between him and the guy on the Pringles can. <laughs> and I'm going to, and I'm going to, and I'm going to take Doc Rivers all, every time. Granted, and, and Doc has, you know, already brought in, you know, some good assistance. You know, he's got Sam Cassell coming. He's got Dave Yerger, who's going to shore, shore up our defense. So it's like this coaching staff now is I'm about 85% more confident in the coaching staff now than I was when Brett Brown was in charge. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, Daryl Morey overseeing basketball operations is probably the best thing to happen to the Sixers right now. Because I personally am just not understanding, haven't understood Elton Brand's moves for maybe a couple years now. Mm-hmm. So I mean, granted, we came into a tough situation. You know, he was, you know, he came in after Burnergate, and after all the jokes, after we all had all the jokes about Burnergate, he had to put together a team on the fly. Granted, I wouldn't have given Al Horford $100 million. I probably wouldn't give Al Horford a Dallas Sandro's uh, coupon. But, <laughs> you know, you do what you have to do in the best interest of the team. And now this this team has a guy who may not have won a championship, but his ideas are defined. He knows what team he wants to put on the floor. He knows how to get that get those pieces in place. So I'm very much confident in the direction that the Sixers front office is in that and coaching staff is in now. What team takes the floor December 22nd or whenever the season starts? Mm-hmm. That's something we probably need to talk about. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we definitely need to discuss this because, again, Daryl Morey is the new uh, head of basketball operations for the Philadelphia 76ers. Of course, Daryl Morey 
has ties to the Houston Rockets. And according to reports, whoever you want to believe, you know, Sham Sharania, who's, you know, kind of plugged in, he says the Sixers are reportedly interested in James Harden. Now, again, that's probably not news because I would imagine that 29 NBA teams are interested in James Harden. However, when it comes to the Sixers, the Sixers have a couple of pieces that could actually facilitate a trade happening. Obviously, those pieces being Ben Simmons and, and Joel Embiid. Obviously, those pieces are not Al Horford and Shake Milton. Um, but Chris Domingo, there's a lot of discussion on the on the Twitter machine that, you know, there's two untouchables in this team, Mr. Simmons and Mr. Embiid, when it comes to James Harden. But I think you disagree with that narrative. I'm that, I'm, I'm that living rock gif. Like, I don't know when he tries to, like, I don't know, I, like, roll his eyes. The Ben Simmons being an untouchable. <laughs> All right, I got to watch myself. Is, is <laughs> No, but, like, but, and, like, I don't like reading into anything. But in Daryl Morey's press conference, he spoke very glowingly about Joel Embiid. Like, he, like, he is the crown jewel. Like, I don't know, all due respect to Saudi. I, I mean, but he, like, but I, but what I respect about Daryl is he understands the importance of stars. Like, I I mean, like, I don't like, you're not going to trade Ben Simmons for five players. Like, I don't know. But he also knows, I think he understands the way he did with Harden is build the team around the best player and build the team correctly around because they, like, I I mean, like, you think Daryl Morey builds that that same exact team around a a Devin Booker? No. But I think he's, he's smart enough and has been around the block enough to realize, A, who the best player is, and how to optimize that bus player. You know how you don't optimize a, a center? is having a guy who can't shoot. So I think Daryl, like, no, but I think, I I, I I think we might know who this, no, crap, I don't even know who the starting lineup is going to be December 22nd. Because, like, I, I think Daryl knows that. And he's not one to love draft picks. Like, I don't know. If people love draft picks, Daryl Moore is not in the draft pick business. He is, he is very quick to trade. Seven twenty, like twenty twenty-seven picks for like I don't know, like a player. So I think he's willing to trade off draft picks. I don't know, like maybe one of your young assets, that one, who who like I don't know, did a vlog for uh for player, like to attach to some of these players, like it like a Horford or even a Tobias. So I, I mean, like it's gonna be interesting to see a what the lineup looks like December the twenty-second. And B, what the lineup looks like the day after the trade deadline, whenever the, whenever that is. Now, now there's I think there's ten guys under contract next year, so I know so we all know that you know the lineup that that we ended last year with is going to be a different lineup that, we, that we start that we start the year with. Um, there's certain pieces that we all want gone. I'm, I don't have to say those names because again, we all know those names that 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 we want gone, and 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 you can't just get give those pieces to Houston and get James Harden back. So I don't think that's a reasonable trade. However. There are other players on the market out there as well. According to reports, Drew Holiday and Victor Oladipo reportedly available um, in deals. Um, CJ, do you have any preference on those guys, assuming that, again, a James Harden trade can't be done? For me, I'm going to go with, you know, the guy who first came in with us. I've been a Drew Holiday fan from day one. That never changed after he was traded. And when you talk about point guards in this league, there's a short list, and he's on that short list for me of guys that I would love to have, you know, facilitating this offense, whatever it looks like. Because at some point, Doc Rivers is going to wear short of, you know, the drive and kick and bend. <laughs> looks like he's going to take the three, but then he just passes off. And, you know, and then again, it's like, okay. He's going to shoot one at some point. He's got to shoot one at some point. <laughs> yeah, Doc's voice is going to get more hoarse from coaching this team for for, for yelling. No, like, I, I mean, like, what I love with Drew Holiday, hell yeah. But what do you – if you trade for Drew Holiday and you don't give up a Simmons, what what is Ben Simmons doing on this team? Like, what is his role? I think to me – he can he can still play the three or the four convincingly. It's just a matter of if you are willing to accept the fact that Tobias Harris is not going to be Jimmy Butler, something that we probably have all figured out by now. And the point and the thing is with Ben, his yes he doesn't shoot, but there's so much else that he does well. For number one, 
he probably should have gotten way more votes for defensive player of the year. Like Ben Simmons had people in the Uso penitentiary last year for the most part, no matter who it was. Mm-hmm. You, you put him on a guy seven foot, he's going to make him work. You put him on a guy six foot three, that guy six foot three is crying to his mom. He's a, he's a top notch defensive player. Mm-hmm. And when he does get, and when he does get ahead of steam downfield, there's on downfield down court, excuse me. There's only one guy that I can think of. That's probably more terrifying to open court. That's one LeBron Raymond freight train, James senior. Mm-hmm. So Ben does some things well. Granted, I don't think he'll ever be Larry Bird with it, but if he <laughs> finally get the confidence to say, if, if if we play, I mean, I guess we're playing a 72-game season, pro-rate out of 82. If we can get maybe 53-point attempts out of Ben, I'm not saying Woo, 50. Woo, 50. I'm not to ask for even Ben, but if we can get like 50 out of him for You know what? You know Chris? I'll settle for split the five and the zero together. If you give me five. <laughs> no, and five not at the buzzer. And, and, and you know what? Speaking of Larry's, I'll settle for Larry Hughes. Hell, I'll settle for Larry Sanders. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, like, that's what I think is like, like, because, and, and the, another positive to take out of this kind of the, the regime change and the coaching changes, they got coaches in here with cachet and experience. Right. And you know what that means? They ain't taking, oh, I'll, um, I'll, um, I'll learn how to shoot on my time. Like I'll, I'll shoot on my time. Cause that like, I'll do respect to guys like Kevin Young and, and John Bryan, like Ben and, and even Joe to a point with his, with his conditioning, like could play that card. You're not playing that card against Sam. Akasel. you're not playing that card with Dave Yeager who like is just notorious for, for, for angering players. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, that's what you need these authority figures to kind of, like not even criticize them, but to say, Ben, you know better than to not do something. And that's and and I feel like like with a lot of the star players in Philly, like I think I think that's a, another thing with Carson is he's not accountable. Like I, I mean, like he's got a buddy as an OC. I don't know if he really like gets down with Doug. I, I mean, like that's the thing about Nick that like I don't know that he had a great relationship with Doug. Like and, and like they were kind of and and he had a good relationship with the OC, and you need that kind of triumvirate. Like you need, like, like you don't need to love the coach, but you also need to do what he says. Like that's the thing about like what what was wild a thing about people that oh Brett's letting Ben shoot. You don't think this guy has begged and pleaded in every language on earth for Ben to shoot? He just wasn't. <laughs> uh, CJ, as you can see, you know Chris is a little fired up about this whole. Ben no, because I resign myself to it. I just resign myself to it. No, but man, are, are, is uh, no to end this discussion. Is Ben Simmons an untouchable trade? Trade? Absolutely player? not. No, absolutely. Would not. you trade him for James Harden? I I'd really think about it. Like I'm not. I'm not saying I. I'm not saying 100. I do it. It's probably like 90. It's probably like 90. No, no, because I'm jumping on the like because I thought about this when when this rumor came out and like. Like the Rockets are obviously saying we're not. There's no way we're trading big yeah. games Rockets. The, but do you realize how easy Joel Embiid's life would be? Like, oh, yeah. like he would get single covered. He get he would become an alley oop player. Like I mean, like, and, and that's the thing about Joe that I don't know if people really get is he works so hard on offense. Like I, I mean, like on the post, like like people can point to that. Oh. He oh he like he does it like I don't know post up he he averages the most like po- like post ups in the league they're just mm-hmm. you just notice more because they're so hard right. like I, I mean like but they weren't hard when JJ like because that's like you I don't think Joe wants to be this like elite post player he wants easy shots like like he he'd like a pick and pop with like that DHO that he used to run with Reddit you know he's the guy who I think like they need to right the wrongs. Right the wrong. I think for me, they need to right the wrongs of last offseason. Find a way to either get like to trade off either or Tobias or or Horford. They're like, I mean, they're saying it's going to be easier to get rid of Horford because that Tobias contract is terrible mm-hmm. and it's long. And, and 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 I and a lot of people are giving Al the benefit of the doubt because of last year. It was just a, it was an awkward fit from jump. Like, I, and I think they're willing to give Al another shot and say, and 
if you need a leadership big man, like, I mean, like he's the perfect guy, but Tobias, I don't know. Like, are you just, are you trying to get anything in, in return for Tobias other than just like filler? I don't think you can, because like you said, you're, I mean, give, giving him $36 million is pretty much the equivalent of, you know, letting Floyd Mayweather write the next great American novel. It's just mm-hmm. going to, it, it's, it's going to end bad. And no, it's like giving Jake Arrieta three and seventy-five million dollars. Like, I mean, and, and, and I understand that, like, like over. No, and this is where Elton Brand just like, like he felt the need to just win now, and you didn't need to win now. You like, you could have easily like last offseason looks a hell of a lot worse if you just signed Al Horford and not or or re up Tobias Harris. Like, you just didn't need to do both. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like the more we find out about the whole Jimmy situation, the more I feel like that it was just going to be untenable anyway. Jimmy marches mm-hmm. to the, his own drummer. He's going to do what he do. And when I heard that snippet about, you know, can you control him? I said, that's yep, that's Brett. All right. And I, there was no way in God's green earth he was coming back under those circumstances. So. Yeah, like like Chris said, you know, if you just if you re up if you re up Tobias, cool. If you get Horford, cool. But you couldn't do both. Now you're stuck with sixty million dollars between two guys: one who doesn't have that dog, and two, a guy whose dog has passed. <laughs> that 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 dog is 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 a senior pup at this point. Yeah. So <laughs> you have to figure out. Who you can get rid of, who's the easiest to get rid of, and if you can get anything in return for either of those guys. I don't think if if you were to offer somebody Tobias Harris, you would definitely have to probably add a Matisse Thibault, which I, I feel like giving up Tease would be devastating because he really is probably going to be a top five defensive player in the next couple of years if he's not already. So you have to figure out who's the easiest to get rid of. What costs you the least to get rid of that guy and the most you can get back for him? That's yeah, no, I yeah, no, I think oh sorry, CJ. I think that's the most important point is knowledge who's the easiest to get rid of. And and two, which one is is gonna is gonna cost the less to get rid of? Because there will be a sunk cost involved with trading one of these guys. And I think for me, I I, I as wild as it sounds, I think you'll have to offer more to trade Tobias Harris. Because I, I mean, and I hate he's a great dude. Like I mean, like, but I mean, I've seen I've seen enough in two years to say he's a jag. I mean, he's just another dude. He like like I, I mean, I like he's a master of nothing. He doesn't he, he doesn't drive well. He doesn't he's not an elite shooter. I thought we were getting an elite shooter. <laughs> we did not get an elite shooter. We did not get an elite uh, defender in Al Horford. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, as you can see, Daryl Morey has his has his work cut out for him. How long that offseason is going to be, we're not sure yet. The NBA is looking to a December 22nd start. But we will talk about that once we get some more details on that. On this show, we have about six minutes left, so we will keep this as brief as we can. But we would be remiss if we did not talk some WWE. I got to turn it over to you, CJ. This program between Roman Reigns and the Usos, this is some of the best storytelling that I have seen in probably years out of WWE. I would think you would agree with that, correct? Yes, and this is probably – the time when I really get to say for once in my life to anybody listening to me, whether it's friends, family, you know, anybody, I told you so. <laughs> I told you that from the start, Roman Reigns should have been booked this way. You you you, make, you can't make a guy a fan favorite and expect him to dial back who he is because granted off the, off off-screen Roman Reigns, Joe, Joe Anoy is a great guy. You know, he does he does the right things. You know, he's happily married, father, and all of that. On that screen, he granted, thank God, thank God they stopped, you know, with the big dog stuff. Tribal chief. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. This is who Roman is on screen. He is a jerk. He is a he, he, he's, he's a jerk, pretty much. And if you told me at this point, we, we did a show six months ago about where post WrestleMania after where WWE was headed. If you told me that Jay Uso would be the MVP of the second half of 2020, I would have mm-hmm. said you were crazy. But that's where we are right now. He is just 
emotive. He is convincing. I mean, he, he, we already knew he was an athlete. I mean, him and his brother Jimmy, I mean, granted, you know, be the best tag team of the last 20, 25 years when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. But just to let him step into that spotlight alone, we didn't know if he was ready for that. He's been ready and then some. Right. So, and even though, you know, I thought they would have gone a different direction, I thought he would have rebelled a little more instead of falling in line. It still felt great to watch him fall in line because we don't know what's going to happen now that he's falling in line. We just it's a faction. Woo, yeah. I love factions. <laughs> we, don't know, we don't know what's going to happen now that he's falling in line, but, but we know that this isn't the end of the story. Right. It's, I mean, it's just, like you said, Roy, it's phenomenal storytelling. Roman Reigns should have been booked like this. If this is the guy, this was this Roman, this version of Roman Reigns should have been the one to not to retire the Undertaker, not the previous version. This version of Roman Reigns, I like that. Retire the Undertaker. Yeah, I, I like that. And and again, I'll keep this brief because again, we only have a few minutes. But I I will say, and I'll say it, I said it to you guys, and I'll say it to everybody in the world. I think this eventually ends in the cousin coming back. At WrestleMania, wherever that is, in front of however many people that is, whether it's 15,000 people or whatever, I think that's the end of the Tribal Chief saga. Oh. And Vince McMahon is already counting the billions of dollars that he would make off of that. I'm going to leave it at that. Chris, I don't know if you have any response to that or if you want to book WrestleMania right now. Uh, that's all I'm saying. That's all I got. No, I, I still have to get caught up because I really, like, hashtag COVID. I really haven't. Like paying attention, like I read the recaps on Bleacher Report, but I, I started getting into it. And and like Chris said, I love when like a guy who was not supposed to be a player became a player. Like and, and it really had like it happened with Daniel Bryan. Like I mm-hmm. mean, no one, no one expected that. Like I don't know what what did they used to call him? Like a like a like like a, a hobbit. Like I mean, a <laughs> hobbit isn't supposed to be like this like legendary like face of the company but he but but now it's jay uso and like i mean and 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 to what chris is saying is you know what's help like i mean like it's undeniable to say that paul Heyman's helping this roman like i I mean like paul like just in in his own special way because i like like someone asked him a question on one of these post game shows that that like like what makes someone asked him what makes roman reigns a paul Heyman Heyman guy and Paul Heyman said like the most thing and it stuck with me. No, he's like Paul Heyman is a Roman Reigns guy. Like that, like you don't need like you just need that retweeted five thousand times to be like, okay, this is why he he was in charge of the uh, of 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 the Dangerous Crew. That's why he started because he's a genius. He's a really mm-hmm. a wrestling genius. And and I, I think like you said, like building this faction. They can like I don't know like and like you're gonna get a lot of great like I don't know feud like I think you'll get a great Roman Reigns Daniel Bryan feud out of this like because like you see how like they beat up they beat him up at the end of the show Roman Reigns Daniel Bryan is an awesome prelude to WrestleMania. No, there's some there's some great great feuds you can get out of this. Um, all right, we got two minutes. Two things I want to get to really quick before we go. The producers of The Last Dance, which got us through half this quarantine, are making a documentary. On Stone Cold Steve Austin, which again will probably block out our Sundays for the next you know months, whenever <laughs> it, when it comes out. Quick answers, both of you guys. I'll start with you, CJ. One person, who do you want to see a wrestling style documentary, last dance style documentary on in the wrestling world? One person, who you got? Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake Roberts. Mr. Domingo, who you got? Um, you know what? I think they're gonna do it. Vince. Well, like, that's I, already happening. That's already going down. Oh, okay. So uh, all right, so let uh uh bah, 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 um Shawn Michaels. Oh, that, was I, answer, so. that was my answer. That was my answer. No, I, because like, 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 there needs to be like a like, like a roller coaster. Like, I mean, like, he's like because one, you can spend three episodes on on the four years he wasn't wrestling. Because like, really, that might be the most interesting. Like, I don't know if people realize like Shawn Michaels after he left wrestling for four years, four years on the broken back. Probably was a better wrestler than he like had more classic matches when he came back than he did before. Yes. No, you're 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 absolutely right. Shawn Michaels is my guy because again, like you said, there's a there's a very there's, I don't say beautiful, but there's a very um you know story worthy arc there that that you can tell a great story with. All right, before we leave, as we always do, Mr. Stevens, please let people know how they can check you out on Twitter, how they can buy your well well you can you can tell them where to buy the books, just don't tell them to buy the books. <laughs> again, this is a this is a non-commercial radio show, but tell right. them how they can follow you on Twitter and how they can read more of your work. 
Social media, um, you will find me on Twitter at CJ Writes and Things. That's C-J-W-R-I-T-E-S, the letter N, and the word Thangs, T-H-A-N-G-S. More than likely, you will find Roy pulling me off of Twitter for something that I've said or done. Right. So that, that, that's number one. And just, just, just go to my website, chrisstevenswrites.wordpress.com. All my stuff is there. Everything that I've written, every podcast that I've been on, every book that I've published, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all there. So just look for me there. CJ writes and things, Chris Stevens writes.wordpress.com. Look forward to connecting with you. Awesome writer. Awesome podcaster. Check out his book. Check out all those good stuff. Again, CJ writes and things on Twitter. CJ as always, man. Thank you, man. We appreciate it. Thanks so much, CJ. Thank y'all, man. It's a pleasure as always. And that's it for this edition of the Broad Street Line. We are done until next week. Mr. Domingo, take us out, please. Have a great weekend, everyone. See you guys. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. (sighs) Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Total Wine & More is a wonderland to explore. Thousands of wines and spirits, unexpected pairings, and great gifts. Low prices and helpful guides. Make the holidays magical at Total Wine & More. Drink responsibly. Be 21.